So when I was focusing a lot on what not to do and what I should stop myself from doing, it was very hard to maintain that willpower. And the battle left me just bloodied and bruised and eventually giving up, right? So in the last 60 plus days, I've shifted my focus to how can I feel alive and engaged with life today? Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Happy Thursday. I hope you're doing well. Wherever you are in the world, whatever you're up to, thank you for tuning in and spending a few minutes with me. It's an honor, you know, and even though I am one of those people in the forefront decreeing or decrying whatever they, however you say it, (laughs) the bad effects of technology, I have to say there's so many blessings of technology too, including finding long lost friends and being able to keep in touch with loved ones and being able to chat with you in this private space, in this sacred container every week. What a blessing. So I wanted to share with you something that I've been experimenting with and I've learned some useful tips in this journey that I think might be something, at least I know that a lot of my own friends and family members have benefited from. So I thought I'd share with you too. So I have had a raging sugar addiction for, I'd say most of my life, but it was more of a a crush and then a love affair. It didn't turn into an addiction until about 10 years ago. It was manageable. I enjoyed it, but I didn't worry about my capacity to take care of my health in the presence of sugar until about 10 years ago. And in the last 10 years, I really have tried pretty much anything that you've probably ever heard of under the sun. I have tried every diet, including, you know, a version of the Atkins, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers, just cold turkey going off sugar. Uh, What else have I tried? The Tim Ferriss diet, you know, where you do a no carb, no sugar for six days of the week and then you have a cheat day. I have tried every version and variation trying to beat this thing. And it, some of them were complete disasters, didn't work at all. Uh, for me, doesn't mean it's not doesn't work for other people. For me, some of them didn't work at all. And some of them would work temporarily, but I'd always sort of fall off the bandwagon about week three. I don't think, looking back over the last 10 years, I don't think I've ever had more than three weeks where I've been able to feel in control of my relationship with sugar. That's the most important part, the feeling, right? I don't think I've had that for more than two to three weeks at a time in the last 10 years, despite trying really hard. And in the last 60 plus days, I have not had any sugar. Well, I should paraphrase. I've had two intentional episodes where I've had intakes of sugar. 
and they were planned ahead of time and I enjoyed them and I knew exactly what I was going to have and I had that, enjoyed it and I was done. And I'm extra proud of that, in fact, because typically when I do give in, quote unquote, I completely fall off the bandwagon and give up entirely and go on somewhat of a mini binge. But this time, not only was I able to do those two discrete times in an intentional way, I also just got right back to where I was after that meal was over, which is really blowing my mind. This is not like me at all. (laughs) Okay. It sounds, I don't want to come across as, you know, some sort of moralizing superior. Oh my God, I am not at all someone who has had any success with this for a decade or more. And I've had some little bits of success in the last 60 days. And it's starting to feel there's a little bud of confidence that's growing within me, a tiny bud. And I'm starting to hear a little voice that says, oh, maybe you can. And that's the part that feels good. Okay, that's the part that I want to share with you. So how did I come to being able to do this for 60 days? after years of trying everything for the last 10 years. So there are many, many parts to this, but I was thinking about what I exactly want to share as my lessons and really distilling what I've learned into two or three really useful things that you can take forward into your own life. And so I want to share the three things that really mostly made a difference for me. Number one is I realized that it's better and easier for me. It may not be for you, okay? For me, it is better and easier if I am 100% in or out rather than 90% or even 99%. The reason is for me, there's so much mind chatter with regard to what I should eat, shouldn't eat, what I can and cannot. Should I substitute this versus that? Maybe if I walk it off, I can have an extra dessert. Oh my God, there's so much negotiation and constant mind chatter. It's deafening. It's hard to focus on anything else. It's hard to have the energy and the clarity or the creativity to give to any other area of my life because of the amount of mind chatter I've had about this issue for about 10 years. And about three, four months ago, I stumbled on this TED talk, I think it's a TEDx talk, by someone called Benjamin Hardy. You may know of him. He's written some personal development books and he's a PhD and someone that I admire and agree with on certain aspects of how he approaches discipline and procrastination and habits and things like that. So He had done a TEDx talk in which he talked about 100% yes or 100% no. Either way, being 100% in and committed to any one decision is much easier than being 90% or 99% in because you would not be constantly negotiating that remaining 10%. And he wasn't talking about it with regard to food or any sort of addictive thought process. But for me, it was an aha moment. And I realized that all of the other things that I'd ever tried, even quitting sugar cold turkey 
was for a limited time, right? And then I would start negotiating in my mind. Am I done with that time? Is it four days? Is it five days? Is 10 days enough? Do I take a break if there's a birthday in between? All this negotiation. And every other diet I've tried allowed for some wiggle room, which for me, given my amount of mind chatter with regard to sugar, was not a good thing. It kept me hooked. It kept me in dialogue and in negotiation. And I never won that negotiation. Even when I did, it was exhausting and I had to negotiate all over again as soon as I woke up the next day. And for me, I realized it's better for me to be 100% in or out. And that TEDx talk was the impetus for that decision. So once I made that decision, I realized that I mean, it was hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The first week or even two weeks, there was still a lot of mind chatter. But because I'd made that decision, it was more kind of grief, I would say. And me recognizing that that's normal emotion and, and allowing myself to feel that emotion and take really tender care of myself in the first couple of weeks because... I wasn't giving all that energy to negotiating in my head. So I could give that energy to taking care of myself so that I had some bandwidth to tolerate that sadness and grief and longing, right? So that made a big difference for me. The second thing that made a huge difference for me is prior to this last 60 plus days or so, whenever I've tried something like this in the past, I would focus on not having sugar. That was my entire focus. It was on not doing X. And not doing something requires a lot of willpower, right? And you know, or if you don't, you should know, and there's so much research on this, that willpower is not a constant source. It's not a measure of character or something. We all have a pocket of willpower that gets replenished after a good night's sleep and then gets exhausted by midday or the end of the day, which is why by the end of the day, you have much less resolve for anything that is hard to do, right? Working out, focusing on that project or on that book proposal or on, you know, managing your uh, cravings. Everything is harder in the evenings for everybody on the planet because willpower is exhaustible resource. So when I was focusing a lot on what not to do and what I should stop myself from doing, it was very hard to maintain that willpower and the battle left me just bloodied and bruised and eventually giving up, right? So in the last 60 plus days, I've shifted my focus to how can I feel alive and engaged with life today? Every day I ask myself in the morning, what do I need to do to feel alive and engaged with life today? So I shifted my focus basically from what I shouldn't do and couldn't do and had to stop doing or had to control myself from doing to what do I need to fill my day with today so I feel alive and engaged. And that question has led me to play more pickleball, to start working out the personal trainer, to we've had a Peloton bike for the last three years and in the last year it has not been working for really a minor issue that I just was too, I, I was kept procrastinating and didn't fix it. 
I fixed the Peloton bike and now I'm enjoying doing yoga and all kinds of things on the Peloton bike. So I'm getting together with my friends more. I am asking myself, what do I need to feel fulfilled and energized today, which has given me so much more of a container with which to manage cravings because I'm not constantly focusing on what I can't do, what I should stop myself from doing. So the second takeaway for me, and that might be helpful for you, is focusing on what you want to feel and what you want to create is much more useful than focusing on what you need to control for that day. That has made a big difference for me in the last 60 days. And the final tip I have for you that helped me is when I do, like I had two, as I told you, I shared with you earlier that I had two dinners where I intentionally planned ahead of time to have dessert. There was one other time early on where I slipped, quote unquote, and had a bite. It was only a couple of bites, but still I slipped, right? And what has helped me in both the intentional two times and also the one time that I slipped is to focus all my attention and awareness on how unpleasant it felt, the depth of the unpleasant feelings and how long the unpleasant feelings lasted right after I finished swallowing that thing. So basically, I expanded and deepened my awareness of the unpleasant sensations and feelings that I had in my body and in my mind right after slipping or even intentionally having sugar. I enjoyed it if it was intentional, but after I really focused on, oh, it does feel sort of harder to focus. I hear the mind chatter a little bit again. This feels uncomfortable, right? And I focused on that and deepened it, which really quite a magic trick, I have to say, because when the next day or the two days later, when there's sugar or dessert or treat in front of me, even if there's a little whisper of, oh, I wonder, maybe I can have a bite of that, my mind immediately comes up with all the downside of it. And it feels so real to me because I stayed there and deepened my awareness of it. So it really fills my mind and body. And it feels really easy to turn away from that treat. I don't know if this last point has been studied. If not, someone should do a research study on this because I found this to be almost a sort of a magic wand trick. Focus and spend at least five minutes sitting quietly and expanding your awareness, staying still, feeling the sluggishness, the tiredness, the mind chatter, the regret, all of it, and really allowing for your awareness to stay there because most of the time in the past when that's happened, I usually push it away and move on to the next thing because it feels uncomfortable. But if I stay there and really expand it for just two or three minutes, maybe five minutes, it becomes a magic wand for the next time I'm tempted. So those are the three things that have been helping me do this and so far do it much more successfully than I've ever been able to do it in the last decade. And I hope that this is something that might help you in whatever habit or situation that you're trying to change or create in your own life. All right, my friend, big hugs to you. Have a great rest of the week.
Talk to you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our marriage repair toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.